Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, only about 13 minutes or so, but every day, seven days a week, keeping us in God's word and thereby helping us to stay strong, and even grow stronger in our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. It also helps keep us focused on a relationship with God and upon our spiritual lives. It helps us to be better set, better ready, able to deal with life every day, because it helps keep us more in a framework, a mindset of a spiritual mindset, so we can deal with things better from a better perspective. Now, you know people in your life who need to turn their life around, don't you? Help them by sharing these short studies with them every day through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means, with your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You may help somebody change their life. You may help somebody get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to get back into our new line of thought and study. We're talking about things that are not in the Bible. Things that are not in the Bible. And I'm not talking about some kind of, you know, wild heresy or some kind of atheistic statement or something like that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about things that you hear being taught even by preachers in pulpits and all kinds of denominational churches and people, things being taught by people who believe they're Christians, teaching other people how they can be saved, how they can come to Jesus. Well, we talked about a couple of those last time. And in regard to the question, the basic question, what do I need to do to be saved? You never hear somebody, you never hear somebody say in the scriptures in response to that question, uh, just accept Jesus as your personal Savior, and you're saved. It doesn't say that in the Scriptures. And also, nowhere will you find in the Scriptures, in response to that question, what do I need to do to be saved, just ask Jesus into your heart. It's not there in the Scriptures. Nowhere. Not accept Jesus as your personal Savior, and you're saved. Not Ask Jesus into your heart and you're saved. Those statements are, or similar statements to them, are taught far and wide. And again, by preachers standing in pulpits, supposedly teaching the gospel plan of salvation, but that's not what the gospel plan of salvation says. And it's also, they're also taught by people who are supposedly trying to help people come to salvation through Jesus Christ. But again, those statements are not found in Scripture. Now, do we need to accept Jesus as our Savior? No question about it. The very name Jesus means Savior. And the angel sent from God to talk to Joseph said, he shall save his people from their sins. The Apostle Paul said, this is a faithful, and that's, that's back in Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse uh, 20. And the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 15, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He's our Savior. But when someone says, what do I need to do to be saved? You're not going to find anywhere in the Scriptures where any apostle or any gospel preacher or Jesus himself 
said to that person asking that question, just accept Jesus as your personal Savior and you'll be saved. Or just ask Jesus into your heart and you'll be saved. Those are not scriptural statements. Well, let's look at another one here. What about, and there are some big denominations that teach that babies need to be baptized. Have you ever wondered why some churches teach that babies need to be baptized? It goes back to a made-up doctrine that's called total hereditary depravity. Total hereditary depravity. It means that babies are born guilty of the sins of their forefathers going all the way back to Adam. Now, that's absolutely absurd. How can a baby be guilty of anything? He doesn't even understand the concept of sin. He understands, I'm wet, I'm comfortable, I'm hungry, I'm full, I'm sleepy. But he doesn't understand objective objective uh, matters such as sin and salvation and forgiveness doesn't understand those. When we look at Acts chapter 8 and verse 12, here's a key that we need to understand. And here is Philip preaching in a particular city, and a whole lot of people are becoming Christians. Among them is a man named Simon who had been a sorcerer. And when he hears the gospel and he understands it, and he makes some observations as to the response of people around him in the city, he makes a decision. But notice, based upon what? In verse 12 of Acts chapter 8, when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women, were baptized. Verse 13, then Simon himself also believed, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip. Well, interesting. They responded in obedience. Now, what did Jesus tell the apostles to teach to all creation as the Great Commission? Go into all the world, preach to all creation the gospel of Christ. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe shall be condemned. A baby can't believe. Again, a baby does not, is not able to process those, those rational concepts and principles of, of forgiveness and salvation, of sinfulness and righteousness. A baby can't believe. So why would you baptize him? Well, again, they believe that he's guilty not through any fault of his own, but simply by birth of the guilt of his forefathers going all the way back to Adam. But it's interesting, even in the Old Testament scriptures, the book of Ezekiel addresses the responsibility for sin. And verse 20 of Ezekiel chapter 18 says, the soul who sins shall die. And notice this very direct statement. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. 
children are not responsible, are not guilty of the guilt of the sins of their fathers or their forefathers, not even of their parents. They're not guilty of those sins. They don't bear any guilt whatsoever. The soul that sins, it shall die, is what the scripture says. And we need to understand that. We need to understand that. That's when somebody says, need to baptize my baby. Now, they can call them christening, baptizing, and what are they doing? They're pouring some water over their head, or maybe they're rubbing some water in the baby's forehead. Baby has absolutely no idea what's going on, and that is unscriptural. When somebody says, my baby is this many days old or this many weeks old, I need to have him baptized, that's not in the scriptures. And you never find a baby being baptized into Christ, not one single time in the scriptures. Well, let's look at another one. Nowhere in the Bible is there a command or example for a set day to be baptized. You see, in some denominational circles, they will schedule a day when everybody who wants to be baptized, and they consider to be worthy of baptism, they'll, have, they'll schedule a set day, a convenient day, when everybody can come forward at that time and they can all be baptized. Well... Is that what the scriptures teach? Not at all. Not at all. In fact, again, in 2 Corinthians, we look at chapter 6 and verse 2. And here's the Apostle Paul writing. He says, when we as workers, beginning with verse 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning with verse 1, when we as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain, for he says... In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have, hel- I have helped you. Well, when is the acceptable time? When is the day of salvation, we might ask? He goes on and says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Not sometime in the either not so distant or maybe a little more distant future when... That church can have a convenient time to call a whole bunch of people together and baptize them all at one time. That's not what the scriptures teach. You never see that in the scripture texts, ever. But rather, Paul says, now, the immediate moment you've come to understand forgiveness and salvation through Jesus Christ, through baptism into him, now's the time to obey. You don't put it off. Because it is at that point that you're baptized that the blood that Jesus shed on the cross cleanses you of the guilt of your sins. On Pentecost, many of the Jews asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? They had been convicted of their sin in in rejecting their Savior. And Peter responded and said, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that day, about three, that day, not 10 days later, not two weeks later, or a month later, that day, about 3,000 souls were baptized into Christ. Interesting, isn't it? But you never see an example of a gospel preacher or an apostle or Jesus Christ telling somebody, 
I'm really glad you believe. I'm really glad you want to be saved. I'm really glad you want to be baptized. Let's see. Let me look on the look on my calendar here when we can schedule this at a good time. When it works for my schedule. No. Again, when did that jailer in Philippi in Acts chapter 16, when he learned the gospel of Christ, when did he and his household be baptized? That very hour of the night. That very hour of the night. When the Lord sent Ananias, a Christian man, to teach Saul of Tarsus, who had become the apostle Paul, he came to him and said, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling in the name of the Lord. Not waiting a week or two, but right then. Why? Because now is the day of salvation. What does baptism have to do with the day of salvation? He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 15 and 16. Baptism doth also now save us. 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. And that's the point at which our sins are forgiven. And we come into Christ, baptized into Christ. Romans 6 and verse 3. Galatians 3 and verse 27. You don't put off something that is pivotal to your salvation. And you never see a church of the Lord scheduling a baptism sometime later when it's more convenient for them. Let's pray. Father, thank you for giving us your word to guide us. Please help us to open our eyes and see the truth of your word and submit to it. Obey it and live by it. Please help us to see that and to follow through to your glory. Please forgive us and hear our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.